Chapter 13 To my beloved daughter, Tsekhofat Happy fifth birthday. I dream of you. I imagine you being taller and running fast and having your mom's laugh. I wish I could see you. I hope it would be soon. I know you don't read these letters, so I hope the adult who sees these things will feel for me and realize that I'm a father desperate to meet his only daughter. Please, please find it in your heart to bring her to me. Love, a father. Mulatlehi is waiting in his cell to be taken to the visiting room. He decided to not allow his fear of the other shoe falling to take the joy of seeing his daughter away. Warden Maluleka comes to fetch him. Mulatlehi, I'm here. Your daughter has arrived. Are you ready? Warden Maluleka announces to him. Yes, I am. Um, can I ask you something, Maluleka? Sure. Do you remember what you said about disturbing my daughter's life? Yeah, I remember. Do you think I'm doing the right thing? You tell the truth and I, and I need to hear it. I was talking nonsense. Every child needs their father. You are bringing light to her life. Love is worth the risk. Now let's go and not keep her waiting. Warden Maruleka is right. Kia had already arrived and was sitting in the visiting room. Tulani reminded her that they would be afforded the privacy they needed. He explained that if she wants to leave, she has the right to stand up and leave the room. He showed her that there was a panic button under the table in case she feels unsafe. Tulani reassured her that she is safe and should not be scared of being left alone with Mulatlehi. Warden Maluleka arrives at Mulatlehi. She cuffs his ankles to the chair and reminds him that she is by the door and any wrong move, she will jump in and intervene. Warden Maluleka leaves the room. Hello, Gia, greets Mulatlehi. Please call me Tsekhofat, so I, I, I like it, explains Tsekhofat. My beloved daughter Tsekhofat. Hello, says Mulatlehi with a smile. Um, I want to remind you that I have a list of questions and that you have to be honest with me and answer everything. Tsekhov also wants to make sure that Munatlehi did not forget their rules of engagement. I'm ready? There's a hint of concern in his voice as he wonders what questions she would ask him. I know you were there with my mom on her last day. No one has ever told me about her last day on her. I want to know. The question makes Mulatlehi uneasy. His body tenses up and he no longer gives eye contact to Tsekhofat. I'm not sure that is a good idea. Why not? I have a right to know. I'm not ready. No, that's not part of the deal. I... I don't... I don't want to go back there. Please don't make me go back there. Mulatlehi's hands begin to shake as he struggles to control his emotions. It feels
feels like he is ready to explode. I came here for answers. We made a deal. I can walk away and not come back. Do you want that? You owe me. She was my mother. I've, I've not gone back there. Even in therapy, I don't go back there. There's a hole there. I'll answer any of your questions. Just not this one. Mulatlehi lifts his head, trying to show her his face, in the hope that she would see his pain and change the question. It was good to know you, the little bit of you that I know. Have a good life. Tsekhofatsu picks up her exam pad and pen, puts it in her bag. She takes her phone and stops the audio recording and walks past Mulatlehi. Please don't go. I, ju I just begs Mulatlehi. Tsekhofats ignores him and gets to the door. She doesn't open it, hoping to hear Mulatlehi shout for her to stop. But he doesn't. Instead, she hears him cry. The sound of his cry sounded familiar. A pain she knows from all the wailing that happens at funerals by those who mourn. Please tell me. She whispers under her breath. She turns around and returns to her chair. She unpacks everything and finds a packet of tissues at the bottom of her bag. She gives it to Mulatlehi. Use them. I'm not leaving. I want to be able to mourn for my mother as well. You and my grandparents are selfish for not sharing her story with me. Tsekhofato is right. And Mulatlehi knows it. He tries to calm himself down, long enough for him to be able to talk. A couple of weeks after I knew she was pregnant, I proposed to your mom. She said yes, but she said that she didn't want to get married with a pregnancy stomach. She didn't want people to gossip and say that we are getting married to cover up our shame. So we kept it a secret from your grandparents. I didn't have a family to keep it secret from. Well, other than your great-grandmother in the rules. So for most of the checkups, the doctors were happy. You and your mom were healthy and safe. The idea of becoming a father made me become more serious about my job. And I received the good news that I was getting a promotion. So the day before you were born, we were out having dinner to celebrate the news and my birthday all in one. During the dessert, your mom started complaining about a pain in her back. We thought it was nothing until it was time to go home. She couldn't walk. I immediately called an ambulance because I feared the most. You were only due to be born in two weeks time and I wanted to make sure that this pain Habo Entle was feeling would not affect you. 
We arrived at the hospital and they rushed your mom into the emergency ward. Then they told me that you were coming. I told them that it's too soon. I was scared. I panicked. I didn't know whether I was coming or going. I'm just this 22-year-old who's gonna be 23 in one day's time. This was going too quick for me. Your mom was the strong one, the smart one. I didn't know what to do. I remember, I remember your mom screaming in pain. I held her hands I knew that they did not make a difference. It did not make her pain subside. Well, what was wrong with her? Why was she in pain? What, what, what made me come earlier than expected? Us, said her father. The way that Mlatlehu told the story made Sokofatsu feel like she was right there in the operation room. The doctor used his big words that went in one ear and out the other. I was scared, young, alone, and ill-equipped to make the decision they asked us to make. The doctor said he can't keep both Khabo Entle and you alive. I wanted a second opinion. I demanded it, but they told me that we didn't have much time. Khabo and Len and I spoke. It was not a discussion we ever thought we would have. All those years of debating each other, we never had practice about life or death scenarios. I told her I want both of you alive. I told her I didn't want to choose. She told me she loved me. She told me to take care of the best gift she could give me. She told me that it was not a debate about who gets to live, but a goodbye and a promise to be made. I told her I didn't want to say goodbye, but that I wanted to die with her then. She told me to be strong. How is she telling me to be strong when she was the one in pain? I told her to marry me right there and then, so that her death would be what put us apart. I told her that I promised to love her through thick and thin, through rich and poor, till death do us part. She said the same vows to me and I kissed her. Then she, then she spoke into my ears and said she was scared of dying. 
but if it means how a child lives, it's all worth it. And that her dream was always to die by my side. And that I was the best husband she could have ever asked. We told the doctor that you were the priority, but that he must try save your mother. Just after midnight, on my birthday, you were born. She saw you. She held you and fought to live for you. Mulatlehi couldn't keep the tears from impairing his speech. He could not speak. And for the first time in her life, Tsehofatsu cried for her mother. When she could finally talk again, she asked him, Where were my grandparents? They weren't there. In all the craziness, there was no time to call you. It was just me and Habo and Cleona. That's what made your grandparents hate me the most. The fact that I had to deliver the news to them that she was no more. I was barred from her funeral. I was barred from seeing you. I was in deep depression. Such a dark place. Lost my job in the process. And I remember buying a gun from a contact that an old high school mate gave me. I wanted to die. I needed to die. All I had to do was pull the trigger. But your mom again, like always, was the strong one. Even in my mind, she would appear. She told me to fight. She told me to stay alive for you. She saved me. Even from heaven, I am nothing without her. Mulatlehi cried again, mourning a death that had happened 14 years ago like it was yesterday. Tsehofatsu got the answers she wanted. She saw the effect it had on her father in the process and it made her scared. This feeling was unfamiliar to her. She wanted to console her father and reassure him that things would be okay. But she didn't know how to do it. So she ran out and left him in the room in agony. 